Welcome into another edition of Sean Matthews Podcast. We're back live today with our co-host, Joe Thurman. How are you doing today, Joe? Not bad, my friend. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, it's Thanksgiving week. Um, I took a couple of days off from work, so I don't have to really work until uh, until Friday, pretty much. Um, so I'm kind of just trying to, you know, plan my week very, like, you know, nicely. But it's also my birthday week. Um so my birthday is Wednesday, then Thanksgiving's Thursday. So every year, Thanksgiving usually falls uh, on my birthday or right near my birthday. I think it's like every like four years or something like that um, that ends up on my birthday. But it's one of those things where, um, you know, I can't really celebrate my birthday and go out and get like gifts and, you know, do that type of thing. Because, you know, we're going to see everybody on Thanksgiving, see my family on Thanksgiving. So they kind of just roll it into one day. So it's like Thanksgiving and then my celebrating my birthday, watching the Cowboys on TV. Um, well, that makes for an extra. That's a nice, juicy birthday. For, I, would, I think that would be a, a real positive. That's kind of cool because I mean, it's, it's, it's cool in, yeah. in, in certain ways. But, you know, there's times where because my parents anniversary is a couple of days before that, too. So it's one of those things where, like, if somebody wants to take me out to dinner for like a nice dinner on my birthday, it's like, OK, we just went out for our anniversary. OK, Thanksgiving is the next day. You're going to see everybody on Thanksgiving. So I kind of get like short change in the sense that like Thanksgiving is like the official like celebration day for that week, uh, mm-hmm. which is fine. Cause now at my age, it's not really a big deal. But when I, was I was younger, just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, it was a little bit, it was a little bit annoying, but also my birthday is so close to Christmas. So it's like with gifts, everyone has to get me, you know, whoever gets me gifts usually now it's not that many people cause I'm older now, but growing up, it was like birthday and Christmas gift at the same time of the year. So it was, it was a little bit interesting getting like a combination of a birthday and Christmas gift and things like that. So this is just me, you know, complaining. About stupid <laughs> no, well, I could tell you, as you, you get wanna, older, the birthdays yeah. are going to mean less and less. I don't even want to know about my birthdays. Like, forget about it. <laughs> exactly. It's just the number keeps getting higher and yeah. uh, you keep thinking that you're older yeah. and you're getting close to these milestones and these markers. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 40. I'm turning 36 this year. Um, so, you know, but yeah, you asked me about my week. So my week's, it's pretty good. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to just, you know, plan my week. Like I said, nicely in the sense that I want to take advantage of my free time. You know, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Um, you know, and then watching the Knicks, watching Villanova basketball. That's really my schedule with sports, the world cups on. So the world cup just started today. I'll comment on, uh, on it a little bit later. Um, but I just wanted to open up the show and just um, mourn the victims of that uh, nightclub shooting in Colorado. Um, there's monsters out there who exist. They're lurking in the shadows. They're not making themselves known until they do these crazy, absurd, atrocious acts. Um, I'm not going to name the name of the shooter, just like I didn't name the name of the shooter in uh, Virginia. Um, but I do want to name the name of the hero in the situation. So it was an LGBTQ nightclub. Um, and there was an army veteran there with his family. Um, and basically the shooting started and five minutes into the shooting, uh, his, his, his instincts kicked in his training in the military He's an army veteran. Uh, he sprinted and he tackled this, uh, this insane shooter and subdued him. Um, he, he got hold of his gun. He started hitting him with his gun. Uh, the gentleman's name is Richard Fierro. It's, it's F I E R O or F I E R R O. But I don't want to mispronounce his name, but I don't really know how to pronounce his name. So I'm guessing it's Fierro or Firo. But the gentleman is a hero. And if he wasn't in the nightclub, um, I really don't know what would have happened. More people would have would have fell victim to this crazy shooter. Um, and I'm just so sick of hearing about these shooters and like these people just taking their 
you know, their anger out on, on masses of people at one time in a closed space where it's tough to escape. But I want to shed light on the hero because it's, it's always good to have these veterans existing in society and uh, using their skills in situations like this, even when they're not on duty, even when they're not still serving, um, they have the skills to take down these dangerous people. Um, not to say that we need a veteran in every place of a business, but you know, it's a situation where there's been shootings in Colorado and um, especially, you know, targeted individuals like the LGBTQ community, um, they have to have better security and better measures in place to prevent this sort of nonsense and tragedy. Um, this guy happened to be there with his family, but um, if he Not wasn't only, there, you know, yeah. what, what would have happened if he wasn't there? But, you know, it, I think it's, it, I don't want everyone to play the hero, but if you're in that situation, I can't say this because I've never been in that crazy situation where there's randomly shooting, but um maybe maybe don't run and hide or maybe don't freak out i'm not you know it's, it's tough to say because everyone's panicking but um well you know, Sean, people, it it, it's, it it's is tough to, it's tough to speak from the sidelines right because i don't know if i had the courage to you know to compose because, myself and then attack this guy and take him down he's got a gun and, you know where are you coming from is he shooting at me while i'm attacking while i'm running at him right you know but this guy did, this guy uses instincts and he, he 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 was the hero that day so I just want to hear, Joe. What What are some of your thoughts of these situations? And, and we've all we've all thought about it, especially guys. But I think we've all thought about what the hell would I do if I were in a situation like that? I can see I can see myself trying to be really trying to be Rambo and jumping over stuff and getting to this guy and making an open field tackle. I could see that, but I could also see myself freezing like solid freezing in shock. I could see myself running away like the lion from the wizard of Oz. I really could. I don't know how I would respond. I really don't. And it was my worst nightmare as a former teacher. I I always thought to myself, my God, what would I do if I were in a school one day and I had a room full of kids in front of me and I heard those crack, 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 all those noises and, and the screaming. And, and if I heard that, what would I do? It, it would haunt me. I, I don't know. But one thing I could tell you is you don't know until you're there. And I don't even know if I would encourage I, I, this Fierro gentleman, God bless him. He, he, he reacted. He probably didn't even think he reacted and he was successful, but I can just harken back to a year or two ago at this high school. I think it was in Michigan. Um, where it was one of the a kid came in with one of these weapons and one of the kids on a football team, wrestler, you know, tough dude. He tried to make a run at him and do the same thing and he was unsuccessful. And there's a 17 year old kid that's gone. God bless him. He tried to do, he tried did to, he, to. So he, 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 he died while trying to save the day, but did he save other people's lives? Did, but did his, did his, uh, his call to action, his going at the shooter, did that prevent other people from dying that day? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Cause he was unsuccessful in his effort. I mean, he, he, you know, so I, what you know i i don't know and that's the whole thing here and i understand what you're saying is that thank god that guy was there and he did what he did but for every guy that does that there 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 maybe two maybe three that try it and 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 are unsuccessful and they die and and you know it's just it's really it's it's just a horrible thing it's unfortunately it's part of our society i don't know if you saw in the news the other day but the police in New York City, they thwarted uh, an effort by these 
two jerk offs, and that's what anybody who does something like this is a is a little. And the, most of these guys are just little. And I'm going to use the term little jerk offs, and that's what they are. Um, but uh, they thwarted the the New York police did an effort, but two guys that had uh, all kind of machetes and knives and stuff, and they were getting ready. They had a plan to go into a Jewish synagogue for no other reason than that, that they were for for no reason other than they didn't like Jews for whatever for for the stuff and the garbage that they were reading on the internet okay written by other jerk offs uh, and really cuz this this drives me insane it really really does cuz we live we and and then when you get and I'm not going to get into politics but when certain politicians uh really uh, perpetuate this stuff and not, they don't come out and, and make an effort to 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 oppose it uh and they're not even apathetic they just let it you know they just actually promote it in some in some circumstances but the fact that it's allowed uh it's allowed to be part of and it's allowed to fester and it's allowed to like i said it's perpetuated uh is is really uh you know it's an environment that was created and I'm not going to get too deep into politics or blame any because it's been around for a long time. But for the first time ever, I never thought I would see um, um, certain factions of Washington, D.C. that just allow not only allowed it, but perpetuated it, gave, even, you know, gave it fuel. You know, I, it's 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 such a shame that we live in this environment today where this kind of stuff can take place. I mean, you always had you always had some of it going on. But nothing like it's been. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's terrifying. I don't know what to do about it. Um, and I don't even know. Let me, ask, let me ask you this. Was your first real experience with like a mass type shooting in a school or at a company or at an event or at a nightclub? Was that your first, uh, was it Columbine for you? Well, it's weird because I was in I, I was in a shopping mall in 1996. I was in a shopping mall, and two jokers decided they were going to stick up the bank down in the mall, and they were waiting for the you know the Brinks truck to roll up with the money. And in doing so, they had all kind of um, you know automatic weapons, and, and I was in the mall that day because I was, I was had a little part-time sales job in men's clothing, and I was doing a little part-time afternoon in a men's clothing store. And I heard in the distance, I heard it was just a strange. It was a weekday afternoon, and in, in June, July, August, something. It was in it was August, but I hear popping and you know noise like popping and just weird noises. And with this popping noise in the distance, because the bank was on the other end of the mall. Just yeah, you know how quiet a mall can be on a weekday afternoon in the summer. It's pretty pretty quiet. But I heard popping, a weird like popping and cracking and just weird noise. I thought nothing of it. And I also heard in the distance, if you've ever been on the boardwalk down in Wildwood or wherever, and you hear the roller coaster, you hear the screams of the people going down the roller coaster, and you're from a distance, that kind of a noise, where you know what it is. Well, this, it was odd because that's what it sounded like, but I thought that's weird for that to, to be here. Well, little did I know that all hell broke loose. It was on the news. They closed down the mall. They had the, they had helicopters over the mall. I'll never forget that day. Uh, four, four people lost their lives because these jokers were spraying bullets all over the place. Okay. And the Brinks truck driver tried to 
you know, be something out of a Bruce Willis movie or whatever. He pulls his firearm and they start to, you, you know, it turned into uh, a firefight down there. And about at least four or five people, two or three of them were young kids, lost their lives. Now, that wasn't um, what kind of the shooting we're talking about. But so it was my first like live experience with something like this. And that was scary. But I have to think back to, um, I mean, Columbine is legendary because, you know, um, it was a landmark. Yeah, I'm trying to think to if say, that ever happened it's, before it's more, that. It's infamous. It's not really legendary, right? It's infamous. Well, it's, 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 well, I would say it's, it's, there was a legend about if, if there was a movie about it and so forth. I don't mean legendary as in a positive thing. I just mean it was legendary as in it okay. was, um, yeah, th- let's, let's, let's get our vocabulary straight. I don't mean it was legendary, like, you know, um, no, I know, I know, cause I know exactly where you're coming because from. Because there you was a legend that was created. It was a story that was created. Exactly. There was a movie that was created. Yeah. In, in that regard, I mean legendary. So I that's just cool. Clarify. You know, that's cool. That's cool. And we talked about infamous the other day. And I, I'm glad you pointed that out because a lot of people, they think famous and infamous are the same word. No, they're not. Um, so, but that was my first, um, real live of, and that was scary. That was I. I was. That was a scary. And but that wasn't. This is th- these cats were after money. And yeah, they were. They were their own kind of. But just this kind of hate-filled. Uh, oh no reason. Now I don't know. I don't know if if Col- the Columbine was the. It kept, couldn't have been the first time something like that happened. But I think it was where this kind of stuff really started to. You know, but nevertheless, um, I just don't I just don't know where we're going. I just a matter of fact, I'm almost certain before Columbine, I, I just got shades in my head of some eighth grade kid hiding in the woods down in I think it was Kansas or somewhere like that. And his, his father's uh, M15 or something like that and taking shots and, and taking some kids out. I think that was. That was, they may have been even before Columbine. I don't know. Cause I think Columbine was, uh, late nineties. So I think this was even before that. No, Sean, these things existed even before Columbine. Let me ask you a question, uh, before we just, we don't want to make the whole episode about shootings and tragedies. We just wanted to open up a little bit, but right. it led to more and led to more discussions and life experience that I didn't know you had. Um, do you remember exactly where you were when you heard about Columbine? <sighs> Let me. It's okay if you don't. I'm just wondering because these events stick out in people's minds and they know well, exactly what they were doing. I was I was at home at the time sitting at the kitchen table and I was think it was the middle. I, if I'm not mistaken, it was you know it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not sure what time of day, but I was it was in my dining room at at home uh, on a normal day, just watching it with my my jaw on the ground. And I all I can remember is is seeing kids tumble, bloody kids tumbling out the windows. I'll never forget that one. Yeah, I mean, I I remember where I was. I was uh I was a student at a uh, Catholic grammar school, and uh, it was one of those things where, um, we were like, wow, this is. I think they actually brought the TV in our classrooms and showed us the news. It was that you know this is before the internet, before computers and stuff. Were mm-hmm. you know, um, so it was. It sticks out to me, and another one that sticks out to me is nine eleven, because I was in my freshman year at uh, my high school. And I was in the science class um, and we all heard through the loudspeakers and talking about <laughs> people's parents who were working at the World yeah. Trade Center, if they should come to the office. And so those two things, I happened to be in school hearing about these events and it's like, whoa, like, you know, well, you talk about those. 
Yeah, well, you talk about 9-11. That one I'll remember like it's yesterday morning, and I'll always remember it. It was be- I was teaching at the time in a public school system, and uh, I- it was between periods two and three. It's in between the class periods. And just as the per- third period started, the principal comes on and says, attention, classroom teachers. Uh, please, attention, classroom teachers. There's been a situation in New York. I would like every teacher to put on their television in their classroom to CNN and um, explain to our students, because your students are, may be a little uh, upset or confused about what's going on. I would like all teachers to put their 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 TVs on to, to CNN and discuss their, with you know the events of the day, with what's happening right now, this this tragic event with your students. I'll never ever forget that day. And I had a lot of students that were and and hell, we were a little confused. And we found out that you know they hit the Pentagon with another plane, and and really the uh, the announcement was made, Sean. Uh, I put the TV on and I'm discussing it with the kids, what's going on. And then live, here comes the second plane. So this was in between. And here comes the second one. And we're all sitting around, look at each other. I had to keep them calm. And inside, I was a little bit like, but I had to keep them calm. And they just didn't, they, you know, they had a, a million, like Mr. B, are we at war or anything like that? And because you know, my nickname was B. I mean, anyway, but they, I let them call me my nickname, but, uh, you know, are we at war and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I'll never forget that morning. And what I, what's always ironic to me is really weird. It's, it was one of the most beautiful mornings weather wise. It was a blue sky. It was about, uh, 62 degrees, low humidity, a beautiful September morning. And then this, and I'll just, I'll, I'll, that day, I'll never forget that day as long as I live. But that's, that's one that's like yesterday morning. I'll never forget it. But yeah, those are tragedies. But, uh, let's, let's do, uh, a couple of different topics than these shootings. I mean, we could, we can expand on this in future episodes. You know, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to this type of stuff because it's never ending these tragedies. It's, it makes us sick to our stomachs. Um, but you know, I felt I had to address that shooting tonight because there was a hero involved. And of course not naming the the suspect, the villain in the situation, but naming the hero. Um, but yeah. Um, Joe, you mentioned you really like Al Pacino. Um, you know, it's one of those things where he's a famous legendary actor. This is, this is the right word use of word legendary. I think he's a legendary actor in Hollywood. Um, what are your top five Pacino movies? Because you mentioned you have like a top five. Oh yeah, you and I were were talking about. He did so many movies, and you can you know, and you and I like to do top five of everything. Which top favorite hamburger? This and that. I just wanted to, and I, I was kicking this around. And what would my what would this my top fav my top five Al Pacino movies would be? And this is subjective, right? But uh, number five would be uh, Scarface. One it was uh, Tony Montana, right? And I thought it was a, a, some people may put that higher up on the list, but I think that was to me was number five. Uh, number four was a very I liked it. I really liked this movie. He showed a lot of range, and I liked the whole story. It was Serpico. I loved that movie. movie. Yep. Yes, very very good movie. Uh, three. Hoo-ah! scent of a woman i just i absolutely thought that was and it's for this time of year too it's a thanksgiving movie right so uh i thought that was just uh i, I really i really like that one number two number two 
was a movie that I thought had the best closing scene of one of of any movie of really one of the best closing scenes of any movie I've ever seen was really well done. And, you know, it's the one reason I'm not out of order. You're out of order. This whole court's out of order. It was Injustice for All. Tremendous movie. Absolutely tremendous and underrated in his, you know, in his portfolio. Can I, can I take, before you say number one, can I take a guess? Uh, number one? You, we, we all know what number one is because you can't run away from it. You can't uh, run away well, from it. The Godfather. Godfather 2, right. Godfather 2. Oh, you're saying Godfather 2. Okay. Well, because he had more of a role in Godfather. Who, who didn't love his role in Godfather 1? But the Godfather 1 rolled in. And the Godfather 2 was all Michael, right? So so that was uh, – and that's where he really, you know uh, – I, I, to me, it was uh, – I mean, Godfather 1 was great. But for him especially, Godfather 2, he was awesome in that too. But that's just one of my thoughts. I'll do another one next week, maybe De Niro or something like that. You got me thinking, uh, I'm not going to name my top five because I don't like, I'll have some top five like actors and movies in my mind somewhere. But when somebody puts me on the spot and they're like, Hey, what's your top five of this? What's your top five of this? And I'm like, Whoa, like, you know, I, my mind is working so fast all the time and I have so many things that I like. Um, for me to just calculate that really quickly is just that's not how I roll, but you know, it, I like doing this. Yeah, you know, top five stuff. So I'm gonna put more thought into it before the show. Yes. Um, but I would say just looking up Pacino's career, uh, it didn't look like he got his big break until he was about 30, 30 years old. He was born in 1940. The Godfather was around uh, 1972, so he was he was around 32. That was his first big role. Um, and Serpico was 73. Godfather two was 74. So he was rolling, and then he was in Dog Day Afternoon. That was well, yeah. That that I thought about that one, but I didn't go with it. But that's a good movie. And Scarface in '83. Um, you know, just I'm looking at the ones that pop out to me here. Uh, Godfather Part Three was '90, but it looks like the '80s. He wasn't like a prolific actor in the '80s. From what I'm looking here, at least he, he might have took time off. I don't know if he has kids and a family. I don't know his whole biography, but um, but then in '92 he had a you know. Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, that was a huge hit. That was a huge hit. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. One. Dent of a Woman, nine, also 92. Carlito's Way, 93. Uh, Heat, 95. Donnie Brasco, 97. Devil's Advocate, 90. So it looks yeah. like he dominated the 70s. Kind of, you know, 80s was kind of interesting. He really didn't dominate that. Um, the 90s, he was back at it with these big movies. Any Given Sunday, 9099, caps it off. Any sure, Given Sunday, my sure. God, that's a yeah. great movie. Sure. Sure. I mean, like I said, I say it was subjective. I mean, to me, you know, there are all exactly, those. but it's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. you, that's what it is. Start, that's what top five are. You start are, naming yeah. his greatest hits here, and you're like, whoa, he's got a lot. And the, the movie The Recruit with Colin Farrell, young Colin Farrell, right? Um, uh, then he's in uh, Two for the Money. Uh, that was a great movie with Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Um, you know, just these movies, Ocean 13 was 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's in, he's in movies you don't ex- he's in like he, he plays some roles in like comedy movies you don't expect him to be in like he's in he's in one of the worst Adam Sandler movies he's ever made it's called Jack and Jill he's in Jack and Jill <laughs> uh, but then he's in a movie called Geely it's one of the worst reviewed movies movies ever with Ben Affleck and J Lo I didn't think it was that horrible I think it was kind of unintentionally funny I watched it one night <laughs> years ago after hearing that the reviews were terrible um, but I guess the point is and he's a legendary actor. And, you know, it's like these actors, they, they make their bones with these hits, these, these, these legendary uh, iconic hits. And then they kind of get to pick and choose what they're going to do with the rest of their career type of situation. Cause 
his role was so memorable in the Godfather just led to all these other things. Like Serpico is right after that. So I don't know if like they cast him for Serpico. I have to look into this. Did they cast him for Serpico like right after the Godfather or what was going on with that? Because there's a show actually all about the Godfather. It's about how the Godfather was made. It's about the producer, one of the producers. It's played by an actor called Miles Teller. He stars in the uh, the latest uh, Top Gun f- movie, Maverick. Um, but it's all about you got Joe. You have to you know the show. You have to watch. It's on Paramount Plus because if you get Paramount Plus, you could watch you could watch uh, um, Tulsa King, the show we talked about a couple episodes ago. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm, what I'm gonna do with that show? And I'm I'm gonna wait so I can binge it. So I'm just gonna stay away from that for a month or two, and then I'm gonna binge it. Yeah, because once you get if you get like one of those free trials, um, no, I have you know, I have the I have the channel. No, but it's Paramount Plus only has uh, you know, uh, Paramount uh. Plus is the, the streaming. It's a separate thing from the channel. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, so, but what I'm saying is, like, if you if you get one of those free trials, um, yeah, you could, you could binge. You could binge, binge all, it during the free trial. King. You could binge all the offer. Uh, I think Yellowstone Yellowstone's in the Paramount Network, but I don't think the I don't think Yellowstone streams on Paramount Plus. It's weird. Well, it's, I don't it was know. Streaming on it was streaming on Peacock. And then it airs on Paramount Network and then Country Network and a couple other stations. But um, Paramount Plus has some legitimate um, high-level shows um, that are very good. It's it's an underrated streaming platform. Fortunately, I get this subscription as part of my uh, uh, Villanova uh, message board subscription. Um, it's included because I think like the CBS is the parent company and they own this website. Um, so there's deals like that out there too. You can kill two birds or one stone. You buy something – you subscribe to something else, and then next thing you know, you're getting a free streaming service as well. Because that's what happened to me with Spotify um, and Hulu. I am grandfathered into a free Hulu, uh, the the paid the 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 ad supported subscription. It's only like five dollars a month, and maybe it's a little bit more now. But just because I have Spotify Premium, and then I've had it for so long, and I've got Hulu alongside with Spotify Premium, my ten dollars a month or whatever it is for Spotify Premium gets me uh, Hulu as well. So. Joe, there are deals out there. We're going to have, you know, you talked, we talked about this. We're going to have maybe possibly something called Frugal Fridays where I talk about deals. Yes. So this is kind of like wetting our whistle to talk about. You're the deals. man when it comes to that, man. You are like the encyclopedia when it comes to these deals. And instead of just sharing them with me, I want you to share them with everybody because you got, you, you really do. Yeah, it's, I mean, so it's good. And it's good. I only, That's, I only, let's just tell you about some more frugal things. I only really, when I go food shopping and clothes shopping, I really only buy things that are on sale. So, you know, say I like Halo Top ice cream. They cost about 6 to $7 a pint. Um, I load up on them when they're on sale for about $3. I'll just buy a shit ton of Halo Top ice cream. And that's, if for those who don't know, that's, that's diet ice cream. It's about 300 calories per pint as compared to Ben and Jerry's, which is over 1,000. You know, there's the haters out there who will say, oh, it's diet ice cream. It's not nearly as good. You can taste the difference right away. Yes. I don't know about that. There's some flavors of Halo Top that are very good. And again, this is not an ad for Halo Top. I'm just talking about deals and I went grocery shopping today and I clicked a couple, you get, if you grocery shop, you, you should download all the stores apps and then find the deals before you go them and clip the deals was once you clip the deal. And once you put your phone number, when you're checking out, it's going to subtract all those coupons that you had clipped in the app. So today I got a free $6 pizza, frozen pizza. Cause I clipped the deal. All I had to do was press a button. And next thing you know, I got a free pizza and I don't have to do anything else. There's no strings attached. I'd have to buy anything else to get that deal, but I got a free pizza. So that was cool. Um, I want to talk about um, the World Cup a little bit because it's such a it's such a current topic. And you know, Joe, I played soccer my whole life. Um, I even played, I played when I was soccer. younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe, do you do you does the World Cup mean anything to you? It's every four years. It's a worldwide event. Soccer is the most uh, popular sport worldwide. 
It's actually is. called football in most countries. Right. Um, what's your opinion on the World Cup? Are you going to check it out at all? I will if if it's if it's on, and I I've certainly the, the longer the U.S. goes, it's my interest, and and maybe um, you know I might uh, uh, look for like if the U.S. is out of it. I'll just start reaching back into my roots and my, my genetics and my, you know, that's kind of a thing. And I'll look, I'll look back into my, my family history. And so I'll look for maybe, uh, Germany, uh, Romania, uh, you know, places like that where I know that I have lineage, you know, way back, but I think we all do that kind of thing. But first and foremost, I'm an American, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll watch it that way. Uh, if, if no teams, you know, if no teams are in it that I that I admire or root for, I don't know. But it it is it it is not certainly the World Series or the Super Bowl or anything like that or the NBA Finals. But uh, it is interesting, um, and I do would do definitely um, go out of my way to watch it a little bit, uh, but not as much as the other sports. But, but if, I, I would, if U.S. Would if U.S. It. makes it to the finals, for example, will you be oh, like yeah. all in? We're like, yes, I got you know all USA, USA. We got to do this. We got to win oh, the World Cup yeah. before we be all about it, right? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, one, one thing that I'll say about today, uh, today's game, we played Wales, and a lot of people might not know this. It was more important than you think because in order to get out of the group stage, there's four teams in each group stage. I believe there's uh, eight groups. So I believe uh, 16, so let's say four, eight, eight groups, two from each group. So I think 16 advance. So two teams from each group don't advance. So the USA played Wales today and they tied one, one, they had a lead. It was one, nothing. They had plenty of chances to take a bigger lead. They didn't. Um, but their next game, I believe is Friday versus England. And if they don't beat England on Friday, even if they tie, um, it, you know, if they tie, it's not going to be the end of the world. But then it depends what Wales does versus England because it's basically down to Wales, England, and the U.S. Um, and Wales is super motivated because I don't think Wales has made the World Cup in over 50 years. Uh, but Iran's the other team. I, Iran got smoked today by England 6-2. to two. Um, But it's one of those things where you know every game is important and it's, it's exciting to be in the World Cup. It's every four years. The U.S. didn't make the last World Cup. We didn't even qualify. That was embarrassing. But um, you know it could be over quicker than we think. You know If we lose to England on Friday... And then our last game is, is versus Iran. Um, we're pretty much already out. So we got to, you know, appreciate the moment um, and also realize the opportunity we have as a country to advance the game of soccer even further. Cause that was one of the annoying things growing up for me was soccer was, was kind of frowned upon and looked down upon, especially by football players and baseball players. They didn't think we were tough. They thought we were kind of uh, wusses. Um, they're like, Oh, soccer it's for wussies and all these other, ner- all these other terms that have been since canceled. You could, you could kind of fill in the blanks if you use your mind a little bit. Uh, what they call the soccer players. But yeah, we've all heard those kind now of things. It, now, it, now it's a mainstream game. But one thing that it just one thing that still annoys me, especially watching today, is you know we have this stigma where they don't think we're tough. We're, that's not true because the whole time you're getting kicked. Even if you have shin guards on, you're getting kicked where the shin guard doesn't cover. You're getting kicked in your ankle. You're getting kicked in your Achilles. Um, the the, the not, amount of injuries are endless in soccer. Not counting the fact that everyone has to be in super tip top shape and has to be able to run right there least, that's least. what i wanted to bring out that it's not just you think playing full court basketball is tough brother on on a court that how how long's the court 100 and you know how long's what's the length of a basketball court 120 feet maybe or something like that of an nba it's, court uh, it's not it's not that big compared this to is 100 game. yards brother this is a 300 yard and you're up and down the same way you are if you're running full court basketball. So you're running that, that much more distance. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, even as a kid, when I was in tip top shape, it was grueling, the running, 
So, yeah. yeah so I, one thing I want to comment, because we're talking about how people didn't think soccer players are tough. And oh, there they are. Might be changing. But today, just watching the game today, I can't tell you how many times. There was eight minutes. There's eight minutes. Actually, it went to 10. There was 10 minutes of stoppage time. You know, stoppage time is basically each half is 45 minutes, but they reserve their right to add as much time as they want. Every time a player goes down on the ground, it acts like he's injured or is injured. Um, so there was 10 minutes in the second half today. So but the game ended at 90 minutes, but then it really ended at 100 minutes because there was 10 extra minutes. And that's called penalty time. It's called extra time. But the reason there was so many, so much extra time today was because players kept going down left and right. And it wasn't even like it was gamesmanship because sometimes there's gamesmanship because they realize, okay, we want to win this game. If I, if I stay down on the ground for a little bit longer, they're going to add more extra time. You know, stuff like that goes on a lot in soccer. Uh-huh. But these guys were going down left and right. It was, it was like, what the hell's going on? There are stoppages. The ref had to stop the game. They're not supposed to stop it unless it's a head injury, but they're stopping it anyway. And it kept happening over and over. And I couldn't help think. I, I tweeted about this on my Twitter account. It's Sean Matthew 13 on Twitter. Um, what's going on? I mean, there's so much stoppages and we're supposed to be like, you know, growing the game of soccer and people are watching and they're like, that guy just got, you know, a little bit tripped up and he's on the ground. Whereas I was just watching a football game and a guy got blindsided and he got popped right back up. Yes. There's more equipment and more protection in football with the helmets and the shoulder pads and all that type of stuff. But you know, it's one of those things where these players really got to just, you know, think about how they're viewed. I mean, if you're really hurt, stay down, that's fine. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but in all my soccer career, which spanned about, from the age of four till about 19. So a good 16 solid years, I was, I was playing soccer at a high level. Um, I never, it was maybe like one time that I stayed in the ground because I felt a little bit hurt. I never stayed in the ground. I fought through it or asked the coach to sub me out. Now I know in pro soccer, you can't really just ask to be subbed out because once you're subbed out, you can't get subbed back in. For anybody who's learning about soccer today, you can't get subbed back in once you're subbed out. Whereas in youth soccer, you can. So I always knew I had the option to come off the field and go back on, but I really just toughed it out. I, I just, I played through the pain. I did my thing. I kept playing, but seeing that today was like, Oh my God, like stop going down, show the world that soccer is a legitimate sport. It's a beautiful game. Um, takes so much different skills and it takes stamina. It takes grace. Um, man, it's a, it's a great game. It's a great sport, but please stop going down as much U S players. If anybody in the U S player U S hears this, you know, if you're not really injured, just, just fight through the pain, shake it off. You know, That's I don't know. Do you, you think have you anything to add to that, Joe? No, I mean it's it's some sports are really high contact. I mean, boxing, football, ice hockey. Yeah, those are just they're they're tougher. They're 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 tougher sports to play. They're more physical, but that doesn't mean that the people who play them aren't tough dudes. I mean, baseball players are tough. There are a lot of tough dudes in baseball, and baseball, you know, there's no you know there's there's no contact at all. I mean, there is. I mean, if you're sliding in the second and this kind of a thing, or sliding, but for the most part, it's a non-contact sport. But that's not the gist of it. The gist of it is the other skill sets and conditioning. Uh, but soccer requires, like it's, we were talking about, just the conditioning required alone to play it, to get yourself in that kind of shape, you got to yeah. be a you know different breed of cat. So, because yeah, I mean, I'm uh, a freshman year in my high school, they had this thing called a freshman run where everyone runs. It's about like a, a mile and a half course or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they, li- they literally make every freshman run that course. And it's an all boys school. I'm not saying if it was all girls or if it was, it was uh, mixed and co-ed. They wouldn't do the freshman run, but it's a tradition at an all-boys Catholic high school to do a freshman run. And I came in eighth place. It doesn't sound that great, but eighth place out of like over 200 people on the first day of school. You're damn straight. You know? And then, I, I, honestly, we, we talked about 9-11. I believe this happened on 9-11. I think that this happened on 9-11. We all found out about it in school. 
but then we didn't go home right away, but I think they still had the freshman run that day. Cause it was already scheduled and everything. Um, I could be wrong on that, but it's funny. This, that memory just came back to my mind, but anyway, I came in eighth place. And the first thing that happened was the cross country coach was waiting at the finish line with a medal for me. And he says, Hey kid, uh, you're interested in cross country. I said, sorry, coach. I'm uh, I'm playing soccer. I'm here to play soccer because cross country takes place in the same season as soccer. That's but weird. They're already like, they're already like using that freshman run as a tool to recruit, but it just shows you. Cause I think uh, uh, there's probably at least four other five other soccer players who finished probably in the top 20 that day, top 25 at least. Uh, but obviously the top seven were probably all cross country. Um, I don't know if there's another soccer player that beat me that day. Maybe See, maybe. when I was in high school, cross country was in the spring simultaneous with baseball. I played baseball. Uh, but um, soccer was simultaneous with football in the fall. So that's weird. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a football team. At my, it was an all boys high school, but we, we okay. never had a football team. Okay. Um, and the story was because when, the, when they purchased, it was a Catholic school and they purchased the land, one of the deals, one of the stipulations in purchasing that land was um, we can never have uh, contact football because one of the guy's sons got paralyzed to own the land. That could be a myth. I don't know if that's ever been proven, but there's a, there's a legitimate reason why they didn't have football. Um, but anyway, yeah, cross country was during soccer when I was in high school. It was in the fall. I believe there was winter track, but then I believe the spring was all about track. You know, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. But another thing that I want to talk about a little bit is, um, you know, the fact that there's. I just moved to a new new town. It's a nice little quaint town. It's got a nice uh, town area, a little area with like shops and mom and pop shops and restaurants and bars and all these sorts of different stores. It's cool because it's walking distance from where I live. Yeah. So today I went in the town for the first time since I moved here, and I went in the town with the intention of um, going to the record store is to buy more vinyl records because I recently got more into vinyl records. I'm listening to the music <laughs> the way it should be listened to. So I got myself yeah. a nice little Victrola record player, um, only about sixty bucks, but it works like a charm. It's better than the two hundred seventy dollar one that I bought originally. That one sucked. I had to return that. I got this one for sixty bucks. It's great. But anyway, after U.S. lost today, I was frustrated. I was like, oh, I, I want to go for a walk. I want to do something because I wasn't working today. Um, so I went to, I went to the, the record store and man, I'm glad I did because it was like, it was like old school. It was like being in like a classic record store. It was right. almost like that movie Empire Records um, or High Fidelity. Record stores of my youth. Yep. John Cusack. But it was so refreshing to go in there and like it was owned by an older couple. They, they said, you know, they, the first thing they did when I walked in, like, hey, do you need anything? And I had my AirPods on. So I'm already like, I'm already this generation where I'm walking around with my AirPods, <laughs> yeah. blocking everything out. Took an AirPod out, started talking to them, uh, started browsing the collections. They had mostly older stuff, mostly like classic rock and stuff, which is expected at these vinyl record stores. Because right. when I asked if they had the Killers' new out, uh, one of the Killers' older albums, Hot Fuss, their first album actually, it's called Hot Fuss. I'm like, do you have that? Like, I don't think we have any Killers, but they had it, pretty much every artist you could think of, every iconic, legendary artist you could think of. And what I settled on, because the price was an issue, because I didn't want to spend too much money, and vinyl records are still expensive. You know, a new vinyl record will still cost you about 25 bucks. They sell them at Walmart. So the first three that I got at Walmart um, a couple of weeks ago, just a selection that they had in the store. So, you know, I had to choose what they had. But I got a Fleetwood Mac album called Rumors. Excellent oh, album. One of the best uh, I got a albums ever album. made. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got the Killer's latest album called Pressure Machine. Mm-hmm. They got a couple of hits on there that I like not hits, but like songs that like I considered that could be hits and they released them as yeah. singles, but they're one of, they're like basically my favorite modern band, a band that was born after I was born yeah. um, and pretty much the same age in the terms of the singers and the band members. But then the other album I got was Led Zeppelin four. It has stairway <laughs> to heaven on it. That's a classic album. Yeah. And I've been enjoying listening to these vinyl records at night 
so much. It sounds different. It's cool. The one, the record player I got has a speaker built into it. Uh, not every record player has that. It's kind of difficult setting up these record players, connecting these old, you know, big speakers. And I'm just curious as to why, though, because, and I, I know I'm going interrupt, to uh, interrupt well, you. I just want to add to your point for a second. When I was growing up and we, 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 bought, we had these records and you had the, the record and you put the needle down and you heard a little bit of maybe of a slight, even a, yeah. even a brand new record and everything. There was a slight little noise there, a little cracking noise. And, and the, the music was good. Don't get me wrong, but it evolved and it went into an eight track tape and then cassette tape and then the CDs. And now it's not even the CDs. It's like, you know, you're streaming. getting, the, yeah, you're streaming and, yeah, uh, so- it's so much better now and having lived through that and, and, and lived through the no, evolution it's, of it's, all it's this. A, Cause now I appreciate it even more. It's a tradition. There's a guy in the Howard Stern show, the producer is Gary Delabate. His nickname is Baba Bowie. You probably heard <laughs> yeah. people screaming his name. Like when a golfer is shooting a golf shot on TV, you might hear people scream in the background, Baba Bowie. Yeah, yeah. That's a very popular thing. But anyway, not to, not to shine the light on Baba Bowie or talk about him, but He's really in the vinyl and became an ongoing joke on the, on the Stern show. That's like, man, how's your vinyl collection, Gary? And there's all these skits and bits about his vinyl. But now I know where he's coming from. Because once you have your own spot, like your own type of man cave, where you can kind of just relax and do your own thing and like unplug, the idea of putting on a record, listening to a whole song. If you want to fast forward, you just move the needle. That's fine. But it forces you to listen to the whole music, the whole song. And it has the in every in every record jacket and these you know has a nice cover and it's nice you know it's a nice and big album and the vinyl is impressive it's just a cool thing but um, all the song lyrics are all in the the, uh, the the album so you can all the lyrics to all the songs are in the album so you don't have to oh, yeah. pull out your phone and look at the lyrics so while you're listening to this music it sounds different it sounds more authentic it doesn't sound quote unquote as like as higher quality as the streaming has these days but who cares um, you're forced to sit there and listen to the music you can relax. You can eat some food, do whatever you want to do while listening to music, smoke a cigarette, whatever you want to smoke. Um, but it's one of those things, and I'm not condoning smoking cigarettes, by the way, <laughs> but it's one of those things where you're, you're sitting there, you, you actually could learn the lyrics of the songs again. Because these days you hear the song, and a lot of times you're not looking up the lyrics. One cool thing I like, I like about Spotify, what they, they've done lately, is when you're listening to Spotify, and even on Apple Music, you can click a thing and it has the lyrics. As the lyrics are being sung, you can sing to it. It's like karaoke, which is cool. But what I'm saying about these vinyl records is it's kind of a whole experience, the lifestyle to put on a record, to listen to this music. This it's a ritual. Music. Yeah, it's a ritual. You unpack the yeah, album yeah. and you see the album cover the album and you look at the lyrics. Yeah, it, it, that part of it is neat. I mean, it's it awesome. always was. That is. Great. But the music it's, quality itself. I mean, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite routines. Yeah. I'm not listening to it because I know I'm going to get the highest quality music because I've heard, you know, I've been to concerts. And right. I've heard the You're going for the, the different experience. Right. AirPods. Yeah. No, it's just, it's been awesome. It's one of my great new routines, but I wanted to come back to my original point is I took a walk in the town to this vinyl record store and these, this couple, John and Mary couldn't have been friendlier. Um, they did everything old school. When I went to buy the records, I got, what I ended up picking out was Bruce Springsteen, uh, born in the USA and Phil Collins. Um, well, born to run is what you want to get for Bruce born to run, but go ahead. That album born to run is born to run. Um, Born in the USA, but um, it's one of those things uh, where I got the album and then I got another, I got a Phil Collins album, one of his solo records. It's something about a straight jacket or a vinyl jacket or a jacket or something like that. Um, but there are two of like these, these, these solo artists. Cause I mean, Bruce Springsteen's, in the, Bruce Springsteen's in the East street band, but he's basically a solo artist. You know, he's Bruce Springsteen and Phil Collins was in Genesis, but he kind of like, you know, I think he was a drummer. And then he kind of did his solo thing, but he had success as a solo artist and he's not really like a rock star looking type guy, 
but he, he didn't fit the mold. But anyway, um, uh, this, one of the songs on this Phil Collins album is Take Me Home. And obviously on the Springsteen album, there's there's many hits on there. Um, you know, well, I'm just going to tell you, I know you said Born in the USA. Fine, Born in the USA is 1985-ish. But before then, 1975-ish, 1976-ish, was the, it's, it's the Born to Run. Now, everyone knows the song, but that entire album is just absolutely it's just really it's got thunder road it's got jungle land and when i hear jungle land i just stop what i'm doing no, the, the name of the album the name of the album that i bought today was born in the usa i know all about bruce because he's one of my favorite all-time artists oh yeah you my, that's right from you, my do, hometown. you do i'm preaching to the choir you know about bruce but yeah it's, it's yeah called, it's it's called born in the usa and side one it opens up a born in the usa yeah. Um, you're right. Born to run is not born to run album. is an album that's but just think about the think about the songs in this album. This is from like 1984. Born yeah, I don't remember it. Oh, born yeah. in the USA, cover me. Uh, I'm on fire. Then side two. I'm I'm picking out some of the hits here. Um, I'm going down. Glory days, dancing in the dark, and my hometown. Like, come on, those are just legendary songs. And, They're cool too. They're um, cool too. Yeah. But it's born in the USA. It's one of his uh, best selling albums of all time. Um. And yeah, it's just, it's just cool. But one thing I wanted to say, but my original point is like, you know, it's nice going for a walk. It's getting a little bit colder out on the East coast. It's nice. It's nice when it's a little bit cold. It's a little bit chilly. You put on a jacket. Love yeah, it. You don't, it's, it's not great dealing with the cold all the time. But my point I wanted to make is the idea of me walking into a mom and pop old record store like that, having conversations with them, introducing myself, having, yes. learning about the musical taste, learning about their store, the real conversations that I had. And then when I bought the albums, the guy ringing me up by doing it on a calculator, physically manually typing in the prices of the albums, doing it on a calculator yes, and, yeah, um, yeah. and, and, yeah. you know, and me paying him in cash and things like that. Um, and then me, me saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I plan on being here like once a month, at least I'm going to go check out the album, new records you have and come back here. I just like the idea of like doing, like bringing back the old school things, going to a mom and pop shop, supporting them. Cause I knew, I knew that I could probably find these records a little bit cheaper online, uh, probably save like 10, 10 to $15, but I knew I was supporting the mom and pop shop. I was spending money on, on their mom and pop shop. They probably had this business for years. I'm supporting the music industry. I met new new people who are I'm friendly with, local business owners. And I think we have to get back to our roots here. You know, you know, don't forget about our past. You know, learn from the past, but you know, appreciate the past because these mom and pop stores are going out of business. Oh, not I surviving. dig what you're saying. So sure. I, I wonder I where you mm-hmm. where you live, Joe. These mom and pop stores. Do you have any mom and pop stores that you do you, you frequent at all, and you talk to the owners or anything like that with you and where you're from? I don't. I don't see too many of them around. But when you say mom and pop stores and you start talking like this, it just it just warms my heart. It brings back memories of growing up. And I mean, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, you're you're talking 1973, 74, and it's you know ten years old or so. And and you're talking. You're not. Wawa. We had no idea what Wawa was. I mean, the closest thing to a Wawa was a Seven Eleven, and that was miles away. But in the neighborhood and within walking distance for us kids, that we had family-owned delicatessen, um, you know, uh, you know, and you went in there and you you ordered your lunch meat for the week. You went in, you know, because every family you'd walk up and you get your, you know, like my family. I walked up every Saturday and that was my job as a kid. Mom would give me the note, like it's half a pound of this, three quarters of a pound of this, pound of this. And if I did that when I was there waiting for the meat to be cut, I was allowed to get some kind of a, you know, some candy from behind. I was allowed 20 cents or something like that. I would could get some, you know, candy or some jawbreakers or bubble gum or whatever. But just this whole, the whole thing about mom and pop stores, not only for records like you're talking about, but just for groceries and things like that. 
uh, that's what it was. I mean, and it was just, it's, it's such a lost, you know, it's part of Americana and it's lost. I don't have anything against big business and no one likes Wawa more than I do. But with the onset of, of, you know, your, your Wawa's and your, your Royal Farms and your places like that and your Walmarts and so forth and so on, that a lot of people went out of business. A lot of mom and pops went out of business with all this, you know, with all the big, you know, the big merchants moving in and big, big business moving in. So it's just, it's like a double edged sword. But when you start talking about that, it was just, it takes me, takes me back, man. It was just really, really I'm glad you still have an appreciation for it though, because I think every one especially the the younger generation now they probably they probably just grew up on these walmarts and these big box stores yep um it's like they don't know what it's like for the you know what it was like for like these mom and pop store owners and what it's been like then since these big box stores have taken over like you know they've been losing a lot of money probably had to shut a lot of them shut down so yeah um it just brings me to another point um that i want to talk about really quickly uh i saw articles i'm a subscriber to new york times i like the new york times but I saw an article, another hit piece on Dave Portnoy, the uh, the founder of Barstool Sports, basically talking about how he's a degenerate gambler and how he's bad for everyone in society because he's promoting gambling and Barstool Sports is owned by Penn National Gambling and just attacking his character and really trying to ruin him. Um, the whole art, the whole point of the article is kind of trying to take down Barstool Sportsbook and Penn National Gaming before they get going, before they get their licenses to gamble in gambling states. I just like to say. The guy did so much for small businesses during the pandemic. They raised over $40 million and that money went directly to small businesses. And they, they were responsible for keeping these small businesses in business. And the article didn't even mention that. And it's one of those things where it's mentioning everything quote unquote negative that he's done. But even the even they do mention that Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool Sports, they say Portnoy is the most forthright person uh, she's ever met. And I agree with that. The guy is an open book. So yes, he might have these controversies and these issues that come up when people are trying to take him down because he has a lot of money. He's in the spotlight, and in this case, he's you know he's trying to get the Barstool sports book to grow and everything. But you know he did a ton for small businesses, and for them not to really talk about the, that in the article, um, that's disappointing. And it's one of those things where I'm thinking to myself, it's like why do they care about him so much? Why are they trying to bring him down? Why do they want to ruin him? If they think he's like a rapist or a sexual predator, then fine. But there's been no proof, and he's detailed all the experiences. He's tried to have interviews, you know, on the record and all the girls who accused him, he's not backed down from anything. So, you know, it's one of those things is, is like, do you really think he's guilty or you just want to like ruin his life or just ruin his company? I I don't get it, Joe. I know you don't really care about gambling that much. um, And, you know, you're not that familiar with Portnoy and Barstool, but it's one of those things where I'm like, come on, just, just leave the guy alone. And, you know, even if you think gambling's bad and he's promoting bad, because they open the article trying to get people in it's like gambling's bad for society the demographic of barstool sports gambling is 21 to 44 males and you know he filed bankruptcy before he started barstool in the beginning when he started barstool he's a degenerate gambler his dad admits that uh he's going to ruin people's lives by promoting this but you know people are going to hang themselves with their own rope and the gambling is a big industry it's up to the 300 billion dollar industry per year potentially um i don't know why they're specifically targeting him it's just i you know it's one of those things where i respect the new york times and when the business insider did a hit piece on portnoy um i was like what are they doing you know what do they they have they have evidence here they just kind of going after him before they have all the evidence um so i'm like i don't have respect for that but then i saw the new york times today i'm still going to read the new york times i enjoy the paper and that's just this is just one writer who wrote this but it really did annoy me but um one thing i'll go back to your original uh thing about bruce springsteen joe yeah so i bought born in the usa today that album is not from 1984 
Um, Born to Run is from 1975. Born to Run is the album that really put uh, Bruce on the map. Um, and he's got songs on there, you know, Thunder Road, 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Jungle That's Land. Born to Run, uh, She's the One, Jungle Land. So yes. that, that pretty much debut album by Bruce Springsteen, it wasn't really his first album, but it was like really one that put him on the map. Yep. And it's kind of confusing to some people because Born to Run was 75 and Born in the USA was 84. But amazing albums. And then in between those albums, you had Darkness on the Edge of Town, The River. Um, the guy's just an absolute musical well, and, monster. And here's and one that I think we can – a little homework assignment from maybe next time or the show after. Each of us come up with a top five – our own because top fives are subjective. There are no right answers, right? Your top five albums of all time, my top five albums of all time, okay? Top five albums of all time. I could just tell you, we mentioned two of them. For me, we mentioned two of them already. So the other three, I'm going to leave as a mystery. And that's not for now. That's for next time. Like you said, you like to contemplate these things. If if you're going to sign off and say, these are my top five, you want to have time to think about it. Exactly. So maybe next time, next time. Yeah. And I agree so, with that. Um, I think we've we've been going for about 45 minutes to 50 minutes right now. So I just want to end on sports. Um, so as you know, Joe and I are, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. He's an Eagles fan. He's a Philly guy, but I went to Villanova. So I have an appreciation for Philly sports and their whole, the whole, uh, thing they got going on there. You're part Philly guy too. I want a quick, I want a quick two minutes or less wrap up of what you think about the Eagles last game this Sunday, Joe. I love my birds. You know that I have a tattoo of the Eagles helmet on my arm. Um, I am very disappointed because this is the third week in a row that we have to start making excuses for uh, this team. I mean, first time, a couple of weeks ago, it was against the Texans. And, well, well, they're a little tired and they just couldn't get up for the game. And they knew they were much better than the Texans. Okay, fine. Then they come out and they roll this thing out against the the washington team the commanders and okay well it's they're going to lose one eventually and even i subs you know subscribe to that well they're bound to lose one it was monday night football because it was monday you got the world watching you and yeah i don't know so okay i'm gonna say all right then let, let's give them another excuse and then yesterday i dig it the colts defense is, is not a joke but at the same time, all right, we're supposed to be much better than the Colts. And to really to need him to pull the rabbit out of a hat to, to win that game, I'm sorry. I, I'm getting a feeling. I'm get, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm getting a feeling like things are starting to crumble offensively, defensively, even the last couple of games. Even that game against Washington, we got run on a little more than normal. But they still didn't give up a lot of points. Our defense is pretty good, and we plugged up that hole with with Dominic and Sue and Joseph. So we're we're, we're looking better against the do run. Think, Even do you, you think you guys deserve to win that game? Well, I do think you deserve to win it if you pull it out like they did. Yeah, I, I don't think the other team. I don't think the Colts deserve to win it well, any more than we what did. Exactly. What exactly happened at the end? Like they scored a touchdown, and then they, did they go for two? How did they take the lead? And, and really, really, it shouldn't have, they, they were going to get a touchdown before that on the prior drive. Uh, Jalen hit, um, AJ Brown over the middle and he was, they were moving the ball and he, he catches the ball and he turns and he, he gets hit and he fumbles it. That's, that's very atypical for AJ Brown, but they were going in on that, but they didn't. Okay, fine. But what happened was, um, they got together and said, look, we're a better team. We're not losing to these guys. I don't care what's going on. Let's get it together. There's eight minutes left, whatever it is. Let's 
LFG, right? Let's go. So they got it together and Jalen took them down. He hit uh, Quez Watkins on like a 25 yard. Beautiful. He threw a dime. It was nice. I have to say that it was nice. And then there were, uh, then Jalen took over, uh, running the ball. Um, and that's what I, I want him to be able to operate from the pocket. I want him to be able to do all those things. I want him to stay healthy. And I off, but I also want him to be a, an honest to God, real quarterback and a pay. Now he threw that pass to, that I just talked about. He threw that to, to Quez Watkins. It was beautiful. But, excuse me. But on the, on that last drive, the last, he had to like take matters in his own hands and he had to say, all right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't have a steady diet of it, but he took off and he showed his athleticism and he by himself, basically in that last drive, pretty much. That's okay. That's, that's, you know, he, they won the game. But what I'm saying is, um, they so how, won the how game. The Colts, how'd the Colts end up with 16 points though? Did they miss an extra point? Um, I got to think back. Uh, well, I mean, if they had, if they had three field goals and a touchdown at 16 points, but a lot of times you see. Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Exactly what it was. It was a okay. touchdown. So I was, was going to say, because they three. missed an extra point and they lost because of the extra point. It's one of those things. Remember, we were just talking about kickers the last show. But No, that's why I say the Eagles uh, defense. I mean, they, they gave up an open. It, the, the Colts came so, down and they, they ran the ball down their throat. And you're thinking, oh, my God, not again. Then the Eagles went to the sideline defensively and said, okay, they're doing this, this, and this. Let's plug this up. Let's get it together. And they shut them down. They shut down that big, bad Colts offensive line. They shut down that running back who's supposed to be one of the best in the league, if not the best. They they shut them down defensively, but our offense really, and for the couple third week in a row, the offense is really anemic and we, I'm, I'm starting to really get concerned. That's all. Okay. So um, I'm going to add to your point and talk about the Cowboys real quick. So the Cowboys have me fooled. I really don't know what type of team they are. Cause I really thought, as you heard in the last podcast, I thought the Viking, I thought they were favored. They were favored by like a point and a half versus the Vikings, but I was like, why are they favored? The Vikings are eight and one. I know they have a bunch of close wins, I thought it was going to be a close game. It wasn't at all. But they did what I wanted them to do in the sense that they use Pollard more and they use him more as a weapon. So Pollard had a monster game. He had a great game. Ezekiel Elliott did have two touchdowns himself, but they were kind of just like joke goal line touchdowns. He's expected to get in. I still think the Cowboys need to lean heavily on Tony Pollard. I think he's going to be a very vital part of the team, especially if they want to uh, win the Super Bowl. Um, So I don't know. Dak played well. He was efficient. Passes were accurate. Um, I don't think he threw an interception. But it was like the perfect game for the Cowboys. And I'm I'm left thinking, wow, you know, what's going on? You know, how good are we? Are we good? But it's like every year they do this to me. It's like you think they're good one game and then the next game they're doing a bad game. It's you never know. And plus we have Mike McCarthy as our head coach. He he makes some weird decisions on fourth down and some weird in-game timeout decisions. You know, you never know. You never know what's gonna happen with the Cowboys. So no. I'm taking it with a grain of salt. But as an Eagles fan, are, do you think the Cowboys are a threat at all in the NFC? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and, and it's, it's not easy for me to say this, but I have to say that there's mutual respect right now, um, um, for, for us, for the Cowboys and the Eagles. They have to, there has to be when it really comes down to it. Um, we, we're looking at that team. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking at everybody with respect, right? One of the teams is playing tonight is the 49ers. They're always physical and hard nosed and they can, they can get, they can get you. Um, who else in the NFC am I worried about? The Cowboys. Would be the, the the Cowboys first, and then the Forty ers Not really, uh, not to not to be cocky or anything like that. But the other teams don't concern me as much. But that Cowboy team certainly does, 
and I don't know what they are either. I do know that you like this Pallard guy. I know that he's quick and he's, he's slashes and he's, he, and he's, he's, good, he's a good receiver. He's a so. good receiver, but I don't know if he can be your bell cow. I don't know that. I don't know if he's physical and, and brawny enough. I don't really know. We'll have to see, but he certainly got the, the quickness and the moves. He, for what you're talking about, yeah, but I don't know if he can be your bell cow. So I don't know. So I wouldn't get rid of Zeke just yet or, or push him aside just yet. Uh, the quarterback did look better yesterday, but he looked better because that running game was clicking on all cylinders. When you get that, your quarterback doesn't have to be great. Your quarterback just has to be pretty good. And you know what I mean? That, that's when you, when you can run the ball that effectively and get that running game going. Now your quarterback doesn't have to be Joe Montana. He could just be a regular, you know, boom, 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 and everything will be. But things aren't always going to be that that pretty and that nice. And, that, you know, you're not always going to be able to roll downhill. Because once you start rolling downhill, like yesterday, after a certain point, it was like, okay, this is this is the way this is going to yeah. go. But um, all that being said, yeah, right now, at this moment in time. So the, the Cowboys are a threat to the Eagles. What? The Cowboys are definitely a threat. To the oh, yeah, they're definitely a threat. And I wouldn't want to play them this week. I really wouldn't. And I don't want to play them till we start playing better offensively. Because if we play them right now, it's not going to be because we're, we're, I don't care who's making excuses for what. This offense is not the same as it was the first seven, eight weeks of the season. We were rolling over people. Okay. And now all of a sudden, hiccup. So we're, 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 we're going to see. Yeah. We're going to see. So- um, not to, not to cut you shorter and, you know, football okay. here, but I want to do a weekly tradition, um, or, you know, episode, every episode or maybe every, every other episode, but let's, let's go with it. Cause I know Sundays you're, you're kind of a cheat meal type day or Saturday and Sunday. Um, <laughs> so what was your cheat meal yesterday for Sunday? Yesterday was football day and I have like a, I either do bratwurst or sometimes I'll do baked ziti. Sometimes I'll do, I'll run out and get fast food and sometimes, you know, whatever it may be. But, uh, the brat, the, the, the brats and the knockwurst or whatever, but I did some, uh, Hebrew national knockwurst and I, um, I sent you a picture of the package too. They're delicious. They're, I'm, not, I'm not selling these things either. They're just good. They're just, and you throw them on a roll with some mustard. Uh, and I did that with some macaroni and cheese yesterday. I changed it up from the tater tots. So I did some macaroni and cheese. So I did, uh, two of the knockwurst on, on a roll with some mustard. Uh, good football food, right? Good, good tailgate and stuff and some macaroni and cheese and, uh, some apple turnovers for dessert. It's pretty, pretty darn good. But that, that was my, my football, uh, my football diet yesterday. Okay. How um, about you? I'll say, this wasn't a cheat meal, but it's just me kind of trying new food. Um, there's something called Good and Gather. They they're a, they're a brand of uh, Target. They're basically packaged for Target. I think they're sold exclusively at Target. I could be wrong, but they're called Good and Gather, and they sell these like meals that come in like bags. It's like you know pasta and things like that, pasta with shrimp. So I tried their their uh, shrimp scampi with linguine, and I made it in the microwave, and that that might have been a mistake, but I don't think it really <laughs> mattered. And it was a mess, you know, everything, you know, because the, the, the flavor in the sauce comes in like frozen sticks and they expect the microwave to melt the sauce and you got to mix it all together. And the, anyway, I made it, long story short, as I made this good and gather shrimp scampi from Target in the microwave, it was absolutely atrocious. I didn't finish it. I threw it out. The flavor was horrible. The shrimp wasn't good. Um, would not buy it again. And those meals are not like, you know, super expensive, but they're still like seven or $8 usually, but they, you know, when they're on sale, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I thought it was atrocious. I'm not like a huge shrimp scampi guy at all, 
but you know, it's, it's fair, you know, I'll eat it. It's edible and I've enjoyed it in the past, but I just, I was at target and I wanted something that could like, you know, heat up in the microwave and cause I kind of just have a kitchenette where I'm living right now. So I'm not, you know, cooking and using the full kitchen right now, but um, you know, I'm looking for things that I like. So I, you know, I didn't like that. And then I got a chicken pot pie from Acme today, a pre-made chicken pot pie where I had to put it in the, put it in the oven for like half an hour. Um, the top was completely burnt and it was a, it was kind of a crappy chicken pot pie. So, you know, this is, this is the tradition of me maybe complaining about my bad meals and you, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. one of those things where I had bad experience with the good and gather target product. And then I had a bad experience with the Acme chicken pot pie, but you know, not all, not, not all bad experiences. I've been, I've been finding things that are good. And so, but, uh, Joe, I thought we had a great show today. I thought we covered uh, different topics. I'm sorry that it was a little bit heavy in the beginning, talking about shootings and tragedies. But no, I'm, I'm, glad, you, you, I'm you know, glad you touched on it. No. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things where uh, another show, another episode of Sean Matthews' podcast, Joe Thurman's the co-host. He has solidified himself as a co-host. I don't think I'm going to find another co-host, certainly not one that's better. So <laughs> please stay alive and stay healthy, Joe, because you are my co-host. And uh, thanks, everyone, for well, tuning in. And uh, right. We'll probably have an episode later this week. Take care. So long. Bye-bye, everybody.